Homeward is committed to partnering with parents and equipping you with the resources you need to raise your kids to become responsible adults. And Steadfast Companies, a leading real estate investment company, is proud to partner with Homeward to bring you the following podcast presentation. I need your clothes, your boots, and your motorcycle. (laughs) (laughs) You forgot to say please. Now be honest, if you're a married couple right now, how many times have you felt like that in a situation with your spouse, right? You can feel the conflict coming on, you know you're going to have that argument, it's the same argument you've had 700 times before, and it kind of feels like you've got a little Terminator thing going on. How are you going to resolve this thing? Well, would you be surprised to learn that it is possible to actually not only embrace conflict, but to use it to strengthen your marriage? Today on the Homeward Broadcast, parenting and family expert Dr. Jim Burns will once again be joined by Dr. Les Parent, and they'll be talking about principles he's included in the book that he's just written with his wife, Leslie, called The Good Fight, uh, tips for using conflict to strengthen your marriage. From the studios at the Homeward Center for Youth and Family on the campus of Azusa Pacific University. Welcome to Homeward with parenting and family expert, Dr. Jim Burns. I'm Roger Marsh. Now here's Jim. Welcome to Homeward. I'm Jim Burns. Dr. Les Parrott with us. It's a continuing conversation. We're talking about using conflict to strengthen your marriage. Wow. Is this good stuff? And actually, the man to be talking to today is Les Parrott. He has great insight. He's written a wonderful book along with his wife, Dr. Leslie Parrott, The Good Fight, How Conflict Can Bring You Closer. Yes, conflict can bring you closer and bring you into a more intimate relationship. And uh, we're going to talk more with him. He's written several great books and co-authored them with his beautiful, wonderful wife, Dr. Leslie Parrott. Uh, Books like Love Talk, Crazy, Good Sex, Saving Your Marriage Before It Starts, and the list goes on. I've got them in my library. Dr. Les and Leslie Parrott. They live in Seattle and the proud parents of uh, two sons. And so it's great to have you back with us, Les. Great to talk with you. Good to be with you. And uh, since Leslie's not with me today, I can just basically say anything I want about our relationship. Isn't this that is great? I, I was with my wife this weekend uh, speaking, and I couldn't because she was standing right <laughs> Don't next you to hate me. hate that? Yeah. <laughs> Although she interrupted me and, and said that whatever I said happened uh, in our hometown actually happened in San Diego. But, you know, I'm not bitter or anything. <laughs> anyway, Les, you know, I've mentioned before that Kathy and I have a high-maintenance marriage, and, and Kathy, at first, that kind of bothers her, but she realizes now, I've told her that a high-maintenance marriage means like you have great cars that are high-maintenance, and if you just keep working on it, then they're these amazing cars. Now, she and I both don't know much about cars, but now she thinks that having a high-maintenance marriage is an okay thing. But I want to talk <laughs> nice about... reframe. <laughs> <laughs> but as we talk about conflict, you know, I think, and I saw this in your book, that, you know, when I'm at my worst, it's when I'm hungry or I'm in pain, or I'm tired, or I'm exhausted, you know, I'm, I'm emotionally charged, or I'm angry, uh, you know, I'm pressed for time, and I need to think about it, or, you know, whatever. And, and that's exactly what you talk about. You say that when you're in that aspect, you're going to spoil any kind of a fight, and that you've got to kind of take care of some of those other things before you, you get into your fight. Talk about that. Well, that's exactly right. And we, this is in a chapter we call, What's Your Conflict Quotient? Yes. And, yes. uh, um, that sounds like, oh, do I have to do math to figure this out? Not at all. This is about really just determining whether this is a good fight or not. In fact, we call it not so much a, a bad fight, but a dumb fight, because if you think about it, when you're not ready to have the, the you know, 
conflictual conversation to get this thing resolved because you are hungry or you're exhausted or whatever, or you're just pressed for time, um, when you're not ready to do that, you're bound to have a dumb fight. And then we also say if the issue is trivial, then you're really in, locked into this dumb fight area. And then if you, and here's, here's the, the, the catch, Jim, because sometimes we're not ready to have a fight, and the fight topic is important. Maybe it's parenting or what have you. And if you're going to fight at that moment, we call that the dumber fight because you're really asking for trouble. And so the good fight is when you're ready. You know, you're rested and you're not hungry and you've got time to focus. You're not looking at your cell phone. And the issue is important, that it has some weight to it. That's what we say. You're in the zone now for a good fight. For, for a good fight. Now, yeah. what do you do? This is uh, you, now you can do. You don't mind doing counseling for uh, Kathy and me here at this I'll point. I have to charge you. But okay, go that's, ahead. that's fine. I'll send you. With Kathy and a lot of times, she's ready to have the conversation. I'm not ready. Yeah. Okay. And maybe it is because I'm hungry or I'm tired or whatever right. it is. What do you do in that case? Well, that's when you need to take a time out, an old-fashioned time out, yeah. and that's not always pleasing to the partner that's ready to rumble. But if you are not in a good place to have a productive conversation. You really have to do that, and uh, there's nothing wrong with it. But here's the catch. You've got to say when you're ready to come back from, from taking a time out. So in other words, you say, listen, you know, Kathy, I, I am so exhausted right now. I know this is going to spin out of control. We're going to just go off the rails if we get into this topic right now. So can you give me until after dinner? I've got to get something to eat before we do this. You know, it's as simple as that. So she knows, okay, he's not just you know, leaving me uh, to kind of figure this out on my own. He's setting a, a timeline, and I know we're going to talk later this evening. Yeah, and I, I that's good modeling for us, because what I do try to do most of the time, not always uh, do it well, but I'll, I'll, I'll say, Kathy, right now isn't the good time, but how about? And as soon as right. I say how about, then, then she's kind of okay. There, there's a little bit easier. And at the same time, sometimes people, you know, in the recovery movement, the triggers for for getting you know a need for alcohol or or drugs when they are trying to uh, stay away from that is halt hunger yeah. angry lonely tired and, exactly and, and what you're saying is is not that we can have a perfect life before we have this argument but right. we're going to do a lot better and your quotient your conflict quotient basically says the importance of the issue the readiness to work it out equals the conflict quotient and if there, if we're if if we're not ready or if the issue is trivial then we're probably not going to do a good job on it Oh, that's right. And then life, you know, we're in circumstances that we can't control many times. And so I think about, you know, being even on vacation, you're supposed to be having a great time. And, right. and suddenly you're stressed out because, oh, did you get the tickets for that thing we're doing or whatever? And what about the kids? And, and, and life is not always easy to just go, hey, let's make sure we're in a good place for this fight, you know, before we get into this. And so we understand that, but it's just the awareness of it. And you've probably heard me say this before, Jim, that awareness is so often curative. If you yes. just become aware of the issues, you can do something about it. And this is the case here. At least we know we're having a dumb fight because we're both hungry. Yeah. But let's still have it out. Yeah, no, that, no, that's <laughs> good. Well, you know, you even gave an illustration where you were dry, you, you, your family, you and Leslie and the two boys were going on a little, you're taking a day off or whatever, but you said, I need an hour to uh, be on the phone. Right. And Leslie didn't really appreciate that after that hour, did she? Right, right. And Well, because it extended, it went more than I said it would. Right. And, but it was the kind of thing like, hey, I've got an appointment. If we can just kind of go in the car and I can take care of this, and then we can put that aside and move on. Well, it just kept bleeding into our right. time. Right. And, of course, that's that's not fair to anybody, certainly not to the kids and not to Leslie. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, 
you said the, or you quoted somebody that said the best way to have the last word is apologize. So apology is, is a big deal in conflict. Yeah, it really is. We all need to do that eventually. It's part of that, that humble pie. Um, I have a friend who likes to say humble pie is a pastry that's never tasty. And uh, <laughs> it kind of irritates me, but at the same time, I like to yeah, say it. No, so. <laughs> it's, it's, cor- it's one of those deals I do this. There's, something's corny, but it's still fun to corny, and then you never forget it, and, <laughs> right. and it works. So there you go. Yeah, and attribute it to somebody else. That always helps. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's good. I'm going to start doing that off you. But uh, we do. And it's, an apology is sometimes tough because it does require swallowing our pride and uh, you have to really apologize uh, like you mean it, and that's part of you know, bringing ownership into it. We talk about the three R's of an apology in the book just to kind of help people. And by the way, we have part of the app will help you formulate a good apology. In fact, I just heard literally within the last 48 hours from a user of the app who said, hey, this uh, I'm sorry app really saved my hide because my wife, I was apologizing, and she just felt like it wasn't coming from the heart. And then I put it into this format that you guys kind of designed in the app. He said it solved everything. So that was really encouraging to hear. But here's the three R's. Responsibility, in other words, saying, you know, I, I know that I hurt you. I'm not going to try to point fingers and lay blame. So responsibility. And then regret, to just express that. I really feel badly about this. I just, I feel just terrible. And then, and then thirdly, if you can include a remedy. So responsibility, regret, remedy. Very and re- remedy just may be as simple as saying, I want to make sure this never happens again, or you can count on me not, not doing this again. Um, you bring those three things into an apology, and that person, it's like handing them a gold bar. They just go, wow, thank you. This is, this is valuable to me. Yeah, no, that's good. And, and you can actually do an apology and not mean it. You gave an illustration that I actually laughed out loud about Pete Rose, the great <laughs> baseball player who had been caught gambling. And now he signs baseballs, and I forget what he said, but it was very funny. Yeah. <laughs> it was flippant, and yeah. it was just, you know, I'm, I'm sorry I bet on baseball. That doesn't quite cut it. And and sorry I bet on baseball, but he sells it for 199 bucks or yeah. $299. And that's, <laughs> it's, it's a great business uh, plan, but but that your spouse knows you too well, and your spouse sees through it when, you know, when that kind of thing well, happens. Well, we all have a built-in radar detector for phoniness. Yeah. We know when somebody is genuine, right. Right. and you pick it up non-verbally, and you pick it up through subtle things in their eye contact and so forth. So it really does have to come from the heart. Boy, you're so right. Listen, when we come back, we want to talk about the big five, money, sex, work, parenting, and housework, and how that oftentimes, those are the major uh, conflict issues and what we can do about it. But before we do, and I'm going to hand it over to Roger in a moment, uh, Roger will talk about LessonLeslie.com. Tell us what, when they go to LessonLeslie.com, what are they going to see? What are they going to experience? What, how's that going to help their marriage? Well, one of the things that we've tried to do at that website is provide a lot of good resources that people can access. And in fact, we're, we really have devoted uh, the last year to overhauling our website. And so we used to have um, what you know people call video on demand, VOD, and we had 2,000 video on demand pieces. And those are coming back online here shortly. We've upgraded them and so forth and categorized them so they're searchable more easily and Anyway, that'll be there very shortly. But we have lots of free assessments. Um, for example, let me give you a quick one. Your time styles. Every, and boy, does this tie into conflict. Every couple has a unique time style. We're hardwired uniquely for time. I'm a planner. Leslie is definitely not a planner. And she accommodates time. She, you know, she says, let's walk to Starbucks. And I say, well, that's like 
20 minutes from here. And she says, oh, it feels like five minutes. And I'm like, oh, doesn't care what it feels like. It's 20 minutes, you know. And so uh, we have a little assessment that you can take on your time styles that's totally for free. So lots of cool stuff like that. And then, of course, all our resources and, and books you can peruse. And uh, we have another little component it's not actually little. It's a big piece of our efforts called Marriage Mentoring. There's a link there that people can click on and watch this two-minute video to see the vision for this. Jim, do you know that every single percentage point that the divorce rate has dropped, the lives of more than a million children are positively impacted? That's one single percentage point. Well, we have a big, hairy, audacious goal of seeing the divorce rate drop by double digits in the church, and we think to make that happen, it'll be the result of churches launching marriage mentoring ministries. And so I'm hoping some of the people listening to us right now will go check that out, because that is truly a revolutionary approach, marriage mentoring, linking seasoned, experienced couples with less experienced couples. And there's a link to actually a whole other site there from LessonLeslie.com that can uh, show you what that's all about, too. Well, marriage mentoring, Jim, is so important, and I know you stress that so often here at the Homeward Ministry. If you've ever heard Dr. Jim Burns speak on parenting or marriage issues, one of the first things that comes up in those seminar talks is the fact that if you've got a mentor, someone who's walked that road ahead of you, who can show you the ropes, as it were, mixing my metaphors, but uh, it's a very important and grateful that Dr. Les Parent with us today here on the program to underscore that principle as well. Today, our theme is using conflict to strengthen your marriage. Uh, Les and Leslie com is linked on our website today if you want to learn more about what the parents are up to between their their apps and and the, the new book the good fight there's so many great resources you don't have to just get stuck in that same fight over and over and over again go to homeward.com for resources on how you can use conflict to strengthen your marriage and now let's get back into it here's the conclusion of today's homeward broadcast once again dr jim burns Welcome back. I'm Jim Burns. Great conversation today with Les Parrott talking about using conflict to strengthen your marriage. I'm actually holding his book. I read it this week. It's called The Good Fight, How Conflict Can Bring You Closer. And it's by Les and Dr. Leslie Parrott, his wonderful wife. And they are the people in the world of marriage that are doing great things. I, They are the folks. And they just have uh, so much great content. And we're talking today about conflict and how it can help you with intimacy Sometimes we think conflict breaks it apart, but the truth of the matter is, is that conflict can also bring you closer together. Les, we were talking about, right at the end, I I mentioned that you have a section called Fighting Through the Big Five, and that's money, sex, work, parenting, and housework. I mean, we have others, but those are big things. I mean, people fight about money. What do you suggest when people are fighting about money? How How do you handle that? Well, yeah, most of us already know this is the number one source of conflict in marriage, and uh, we, we call them currency conflicts. And when they arise, you can be, uh, you can just rest assured, it's not really about money. You're fighting about power. You're fighting about influence. Um, and so to curtail it, you really got to zero in on what the issue is for you. It might be your fear of not realizing your dreams or fear of even losing respect because somebody's spending money without consulting you. Whatever the issue is, zero in on that. And a great way to really get at the issue is to talk with each other about how money was used in your home growing up. It creates that empathy we've referred to before. And when you see what money was like in the home of your spouse growing up, 
it sheds a lot of light on their current attitude and behaviors toward money today. You know, Kathy and I found that, that we had to re-engineer how we looked at money because my dad looked at it one way, Kathy's mom the other, and they were the two dominant factors on the money thing. And so we were having conflict at the beginning because I was imitating dad, she was imitating her mom, and Right. That wasn't going to work. So we actually had to actually not go with dad or go with her mom and, you know, kind of figure it out for ourselves. Yeah, carve your own pathway. Yeah, exactly. How about sex? Well, sex, you know, the, the number one pre- reason that people report uh, not having sex in their marriage is because one person is too tired, uh, and that's closely followed by not in the mood. And so this creates some tension. We call it coordination failure. Uh, because you're not just coordinated in your libidos. And so this really, the, the requirement here is more cooperation. And you've got to figure out a way to communicate this. And sometimes this can be, you know, even for married couples that know each other, love each other, uh, it can be an awkward conversation, but it's one that needs to be had. And uh, it's simply to talk about when would you most like to have make love and how do we make this happen so that we can kind of be there for each other. And when you have that, and we give some guidelines in the book on how to have that kind of conversation, but you can resolve uh, a lot of conflict before it even happens by just having a good conversation about yeah. it. And even as you think about the whole sex fights, even a date night where you're really focusing and courting on each other, I mean, it's, I know it's the, the two overused words, you know, when if somebody's getting, I mean, everybody talks about date night, but yet right. you actually have some facts that say, you know, people aren't doing date nights and they should. No, and it's a pretty incredible thing when you, you just have that kind of intention in your relationship, especially when you do something that is unique. Um, so, you know, dinner and a movie, great, you know, but that's kind of a no-brainer. That's an easy one. But when you can find some unique things to do together, the research shows that really changes your neurochemistry and recreates some of that stuff that you used to have when you were, in quote, truly dating, you know, before right. you got married. Right. And so that's, that's really fun for couples to discover and by the way, Jim, one of the things we're doing with this book, The Good Fight, and uh, we've actually done it before the book came out, are these uh, events around the country called Fight Nights. Um, and it's been so fun to see couples show up for these things. They're fun, they're lighthearted, and it's truly a date night. It's just that we talk to them a little bit about conflict and have a lot of uh, laughs. And in, in the meantime, we start the whole evening with a, a little clip from this uh, Brad Pitt movie called uh, Fight Club. Have you oh, yeah, Fight sure, Club? sure. Yeah, and so he's given the rules for Fight Club, and then suddenly Leslie and I appear in the in the Fight Club scene with him. So it goes on. So that kind of sets the tone for the evening. Yeah. We're talking about how to fight fair and how to fight fair with, with key issues. I want to keep going through the issues. Parenting. I mean, my goodness, I think for Kathy and I, more than finances or more than sex, it's been parenting, and yet we love our kids. We both have, you know, degrees in, you know, working with kids, and yet at times it just... It, we just bump heads on, you know, how we handle an issue or how we are going to handle an issue. Yeah, and this this is, you know, actually the number one source of conflict for a certain time period for most yep. couples when yep. their kids are, especially in those early you know, early years. Right. It is so challenging because, man, here we are investing in the thing that matters more than anything else on the planet to us, our children. And uh, if we have squabbles over how to handle, you know, discipline or what have you, it can really cause a, a fissure in the relationship and, and, and a gap that widens if we don't resolve it. So this is really important to focus on. And what you want to do here is make sure that you're, you're obviously keeping the lines of communication open. That sounds like a, well, no, duh. But we so often 
uh, get reactive and don't hear our partner yeah. on why they want to come to a certain kind of behavior in an intervention. And, and so this really gets back to that core of a good fight that we've talked about before, cooperation, ownership. And, and of course, the empathy is huge here, too, because if you see what your spouse is trying to achieve, you might realize, hey, we're both headed to the same goal in this maybe aspect of discipline. It's just that we're taking different pathways to get there. And it creates a more open kind of attitude to go, okay, uh, let's just, let's try your pathway. Yeah. And that, that's a win-win. Yeah, great, great input. And last thing, we don't have much time left, but you have a great story. It's a story, actually, I had not heard this story since I was in college. I saw an eight millimeter, you know, video of it. And you tell a great story about a man in the South Pacific who took pretty much a plain and fairly ordinary woman and turned her into an incredible beauty. I believe it was called Johnny Lingo. And I'd love for you to you know, kind of summarize that story because so much of conflict is is believing in your spouse and having the right attitude and treating them well. Tell us that story. Yeah, you know, I love that story. It's at the tail end of a chapter that we wrote called What You're Really Fighting About. And I should preface this by saying that most of our fights are not really about what we're fighting about. In fact, amazing research was done uh, recently at Baylor University, and I'm so proud of the research because it's by Dr. Keith Sanford, one of our former students. He, he looked at this more than 3,000 couples, married couples, spanning all kinds of ages to discover what are people really fighting about. And I can give it to you really quick. Two things. We're fighting because either we perceive that we're being threatened, and that means you know criticized, judged, controlled, or perceived neglect. That means we feel like our spouse isn't being very caring, they're uncommitted, they're neglectful, they're selfish, what have you. And when you can zero in on one of those two causes, wow, does that go a long way to, to help you clear the deck on all the superficial issues and get to what we're really fighting about. But it all comes down to perception. It's our perception of those two things. And so we close the chapter with the story of Johnny Lingo, and I'm so glad you brought it up because it is a wonderful story. Johnny living in the South Pacific, and, uh, you know, things were done a little bit differently, and so they actually uh, traded cows for wives uh, to the father, and, That's not going to uh, work here in the U.S. No, I don't think so. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, so as the story goes, he traded, uh, uh, I think it was six cows for this woman that nobody was looking to trade any cows for. And six cows was unheard of. I mean, this, this was, you know, normally just a couple of cows. And, uh, in fact, I think it was ten cows. Um, and since you read the story more recently than I did, maybe you can remember, Jim, but I think it was ten cows. I think it was ten. And he said, and, and everybody was like, Johnny, why, why would you do that? Well, it's kind of the old proverbial, uh, you know, man from La Mancha story where uh, suddenly she began to look at herself as a tin cow woman. That sounds like such an insult, but it was a great compliment. And it changed everything because it changed her perception of herself. And so it's not just our perception of how we're being threatened or neglected in our relationship, but it also has this positive aspect, our perception. Difficult to exaggerate the power of perception. Power of perception. That's great. And maybe what we should do is say to her, I don't think if I come home and say, Kathy, you're a 10 cow (laughs) wife that I'm going to get. And if Kathy calls me a cow, I may want to like, you know, uh, slam the door. You're going to need to reread the book. Exactly. But it's a, but perception is everything. And part of it is, is us helping our spouses understand that they are God's gift to us. Yeah, it really is. And, uh, 
And that goes a whole, you know, that, that just covers a lot of ground when you're dealing with resolving conflict. Absolutely. Les, thank you for being with us. Wonderful conversation. Appreciate all that you do. And I want to just ask all of our listeners to consider, I uh, can't imagine them not getting a lot of help from yours and Leslie's new book, The Good Fight, How Conflict Can Bring You Closer. So, and then go to lessonlesley.com. Thanks a lot. This is really fun to do. And next time I need an ego boost, I want to get on the radio. Seriously. With you again, absolutely. So. Bad did I do that today? <laughs> Well, and it's always great to have uh, the Les Parrott and Leslie Parrott uh, wisdom showered upon the Homeward listening audience today. We got a chance to hear from Dr. Les Parrott as his conversation with Dr. Jim Burns on using conflict to strengthen your marriage. Now, the Parrott's book is called The Good Fight. That's their most recent one, and we've got lessonlesley.com linked on our website today if you'd like to learn more about that. If you'd like the audio CD of this program so you can hear this conversation again and again, uh, just drop us a line. Write to Homeward, Post Office Box 1600, San Juan Capistro. Toronto, California, the zip code 92693. We'll send you a copy of the audio CD on this two-part conversation using conflict to strengthen your marriage. We'll send it to you as our way of thanking you for your tax-deductible donation of any amount uh, to the Ministry of Homeward coming up on the end of our fiscal year at the end of June. We'd love to hear from you with your gift of $50, $100, $500 or more. And now for Dr. Jim Burns, our engineer Ben Camp, and the rest of the staff, I'm Roger Marsh. Thanks so much for listening. Join us again next time right here for another edition of Homeward. Homeward with Jim Burns is a production of the Homeward Center for Youth and Family at Azusa Pacific University.